0: Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a minute and relax, and whatever else is going on, just let it fall by the wayside. Just pay attention gently this is not about engaging your brain This is not about engaging your will it's not about engaging your brain or your emotions it's about making yourself available making your soul available remember your spirits done your body is going to follow along this is all about your soul being reattached reassociated reunited with your spirit and God's the one doing that the pressure is off you God's not going to hold it against you if you completely ignore everything we're talking about in fact unless God is drawing you really just find what he is drawing you to pay attention to him now there's going to be times when in your life when you're not going to feel like he's drawing you to anything. That's fine too. Just be with him. He is enough. It's enough to just be with him. If he's satisfied with your company, you be satisfied with his. Just because you don't see him working healing, correcting, speaking life to your soul. Just because you don't see that going on doesn't mean he's not very, very busy. In fact, he does his some of his best work when we are totally ignorant of that work. Like when we're sleeping, when we're paying attention to other things. You know, a lot of times we get the whole idea of, well, I can't really do anything for God because... I don't have any time. I'm, you know, working. I'm raising kids. I'm taking care of life. Now I only have, you know, a, a half an hour uh, a week that I can even call spare time. God is not relying on your time. He's working regardless of what you are doing with your time. We get to redeem it, redeem our time. Time is something that God created. God is, is in charge of how it is spent, whether it's stretched or condensed. You know, some things we wish we could, you know, stretch out to fill more time, and others we just, time seems to drag by. God is not... Concerned about how much time you have to spend with him. Now, on the other hand, you have 24 hours every single day. And in your spirit, you are in him 24 hours of every single day. And God is working on your soul 24 hours of every single day. So, We are, part of our whole concept of time is to change its ownership. We are not at the mercy of our time. Time obeys us, our spirit being. Because if we are in Christ, if you are in him, if you've been born again, you are the master of your time. Now, as we are changed by God into his likeness, into his glory, and he is conforming your soul to your spirit, which is in his spirit, as he's working on this, he heals us. And sometimes he draws our attention to that healing. And we w- so we want to be aware of the possibilities of what kind of a situation he can draw us into. Using our illustration of where we, we learn that the cell, the jail cell, the prison cell that we've been living in, that the, that the door is actually unlocked and we can leave at any time. Part of that process of leaving, freedom is hard. Freedom means personal responsibility. Freedom means deciding and engaging your mind, your will, and your emotions. So your soul, the more your soul is connected to your spirit, doesn't mean that your soul becomes weaker or of less effect or insignificant. In fact, it's the exact opposite. As your soul is reconnected to your spirit, your soul receives more spirit. becomes more part of God's mind, God's will, God's emotions, God's intent through your spirit. The more your soul is connected to your spirit, the more it is able to receive that eternal life. So it's not that your soul becomes less, your soul becomes free to be what God created it to be. Your soul has a function, has a purpose, and it only fulfills that function and purpose as it is perfectly connected to your spirit. Most of us haven't had the foggiest experience about what it's like, what true freedom is—the freedom, the freedom of your will, the freedom of your mind, the freedom of your emotions—to receive the the infinity. The, the everlastingness, the the character and quality of God himself in our, that is in our spirit, that is part of our spirit, that our spirit is part of. You know, you taste and see that the Lord is good. We've had just barely, you know, just the f- merest fragrance of what he is really like because our soul would be overwhelmed. So God is making our soul able to experience what our spirit is already experiencing. So that new wine has to go into new wineskin because it, the new wine changes the wineskin. It affects it. So God changes and conforms your soul to be able to receive what your spirit has already received. So your, your will isn't free yet. Your mind isn't free yet. Your emotions aren't free yet. You have no idea what your will really is, what your mind and your emotions really are, what your soul really is, because it has so many bad habits. It's been locked away in that cell for so long that your soul has no idea how to exist in this world it's clinging to a life raft as it goes down the river ready to go over the 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 cliff over the falls into who knows what, what what kind of disaster is waiting so your soul has been holding on for dear life trying to figure out how to make it to one shore or the other or look for a way out and god says just you know get on top of the raft and hold on And I'll take you to where you need to be. He is the one transforming us and conforming us. So we can just go along for the ride. You can't prevent your raft from going over the cliff, from going over the falls. You're going to go over there. God's going to take you where he wants you to go. Go with him. It's going to be hard. There's going to be things are hard. Change is hard. Life is hard. We wouldn't be overcomers if we didn't have something to overcome. Accept that. Things are going to happen. We happen to be living in interesting times. Now, they can either be interesting or terrifying. If you feel like it's up to you to control your life, to ensure your own security, to make your own decisions, it's terrifying because so many other people are making those decisions for you and you don't know what you don't know. We don't know what's going on, so it's terrifying. Or you can trust that God knows what he's doing, that he's in charge, he's sovereign, he knows what he's doing. Let's just go along with it and see what he has in store. Now, as we do that, we go, okay, what, what am I supposed to be benefiting from during my life right now? In other words, we can't change what's going on out there. We're out of control out there. Well, what can we do right here in our soul? What is God, how is God influencing us right here, right now? Now, for some, he may use, he may put, you know, put their finger on to be a person of destiny, to make those huge changes. But it's not because they chose it. For instance, let's look, we can look at significant people in American history. God chose George Washington. God chose Abraham Lincoln. God chose Rosa Parks. He chooses whom he wants to use. That doesn't mean that any of them are more significant than you. If God wanted to choose you, he would. It's not about who qualifies. He's the one who qualifies the person. He created George Washington to be and do what God needed at that moment. It wasn't up to George. He didn't say, okay, I'm going to be the father of the country. I'm going to do this. I'm going to lead the people. I'm going to influence this. He didn't do any of that. God made put that character in him. He formed and created him. Just as Abraham Lincoln, now now both of them, all of them, saw there's things that need to change. How did they see that? Why did they see that? Why do some people see a problem and other people see nothing? Don't notice it. Well, you know, go along to get along. Doesn't affect me, so I'm, I'm going to ignore it. Why do some people care and others don't? Others see, some see a problem they can do something about, others don't. It's God. God draws, God creates, God forms. You know, and we we know scriptures are have plenty of examples where he makes no sense. You know, Paul and Peter. Peter should have gone to the Gentiles, and Paul should have gone to the religious, to the Pharisees, to his fellow religious people but no god flipped them around sense so they couldn't rely on what they had wanted to do no doubt peter wanted to go to his people the gentiles and reveal who the true savior was what it was that they were seeking to give them the answers. But he would have done it out of his own strength. He would have done it out of his own vision. He would have done it out of his own desire. He would have done it out of his own soul. Now, the process of those desires and what he saw and what he wanted to accomplish, those were attributes and characteristics that God formed and created and were part of peter's soul so it's not that they weren't valuable to god but god put them in there to begin with then god put peter in situations where those characteristics would be crafted and honed and the, and the rough edges knocked off some more than others but not so that then peter would qualify to speak for him no it was for for peter's sake for for the for God's overall purpose God could have used anybody He chooses whom he chooses you know he sees you know uh, the prophet or the the prophet to be out plowing the field with far too many, you know, mules or oxen and sees, okay, I can use that. Now that was even before Christianity, before uh, it was possible to be a Christian, to be born again. He sees the qualities and the characteristics that he has placed. He creates and forms the vessel that he needs in the situation that he wants, it's not about those attributes, those characteristics are not about honoring God or pleasing him. It's not about a spiritual aspect. You know, there's so many, you know, the whole idea of Cyrus, the whole idea of, of Pharaoh, he uses non-believer's, sometimes I think even more, more frequently and more effectively than believers, than those who have been born again. We have a tendency to, to turn everything into a religious exercise or try to figure it out doctrinally, rather than just letting God be God and standing back and going, okay, let's see, you know, we're in for a ride. Let's see what it is. And yeah, it's going to hurt. It's going to be scary. There's going to be rough times going over the, the waterfall. But we're with God. We're in Him. We're with Him. He knows what He's doing. You know, and we often turn to Him for comfort. And sometimes He's like, that's not what well, I'm offering right now. Our soul wants it easy. Our soul wants to have all the information so we can be ready. So, what does this all have to do with we've been talking about the supernatural abilities? Think about those supernatural abilities simply as aspects of your soul. That's all they are. They're their strengths you know, you have strengths and weaknesses in your soul. You have these abilities that sometimes they seem like strengths, sometimes they seem like weaknesses. because God may may put you in situations where he wants you to use your abilities that don't fit in with your doctrine, your likes, your strengths, your weaknesses. But he wants... So it's not about accomplishing something. It's about accomplishing what he wants, whether it's a, a healing he wants to do or, or a, a change or a strengthening in the connection between your soul and your spirit. He can, he's eternally creative, and he's creative about what he's doing in you. So your supernatural abilities are part of you. If you were to look at your hand, your physical hand, your hand, if you looked at it, it, you have knuckles, you have fingernails, you have blood circulating through your hand, but we just call it a hand. And we think we understand what it does. It can grip, it can wave, it can give the okay sign, it can do certain things, but it's just your hand. And yet there's so much to it, and you can do things with it. There are things about it, there are things within it, and we take it for granted. But it's helpful to know what it's capable of. We know not to put it into a fire. We know it hurts when we slam the drawer on it. We've learned by experience, pros and cons, but it's not you. You. It's not, your hand is not the sum of who you are. It doesn't determine who you are. It's a part of your physical body. Well, these other supernatural abilities are part of your soul that God wants you to learn about, to see how they work, how they function. How do you use your hand? There's only one way to know, is you start using it. You know, a little baby, you start passing him a toy, They start reaching for things. Of course, they then put it right in their mouths. In some respects, we do that as well. We have an automatic response to new things from God. What am I supposed to do with this? That's a normal, natural response. What is this? What am I supposed to do with this, if anything? Now, we have a tendency to blow things out of proportion. You know... So we, we learn to, okay, now I know how my hand works. Now I need to learn how my feet work or my eyes or balance or how to walk, how to run, how to ride a bike. There's always something more, always something that we are in the process of learning. And there will be until we are one, spirit, soul, and body, until our soul is reconnected fully, 100% with our spirit, and our body is fully connected with our soul. So that we are one. Until then we are in process. And your supernatural abilities are simply a tremendously, I hate to say it, ignored aspect of our growth in in the sense of being learning how to live and move and have our being. As free Christians, without our, you know, learning to live outside of ourselves, learning to live in our spirit, getting our, our life from God's eternal spirit, in our, in our spirit. We've, each one of us as individuals, we've not been this way before. And that's how we learn things. Do you know how you know how to open a door? You know, turning the knob or flip you know, pushing on the button the latch to unlatch it. Do you know how you know how to do that? It's because you've already done it. First you saw somebody turn the knob, then you at some point in time learned to do it. Now you don't even think about it. You just turn the knob. But if you stopped and thought and looked at your hand, all the different muscles and nerves and balance and strength and using gravity and and angle that it takes to turn the knob and open the door. But you just do it effortlessly. Well, these are the things that are supernatural abilities. We should be able to just enjoy every single supernatural ability that we have. Every aspect of the soul that God created and gave to each one of us. Now, your just as my hand is different than your hand, and yet we're still all able to turn a knob and open the door. It's the same way with the supernatural abilities. Say, if we talked about a specific ability, healing. How your healing works is going to be at least at some degree different than how it works how my ability of healing works. And just as it's your hand, even though God gave you your body, so he gave you your hand, he gave you your healing, your gift of healing, your ability of healing, and yet it's yours. It's yours to learn. It's yours to enjoy. It's yours to use, to, to learn how to use it. And just as you're, you learn what not to do and what to do with your hand, same thing with with your abilities. For instance, the ability of healing. Well, what do we mean by that? Well, there, you know, well, you know, the gift of healing. If your ability to heal is fully functioning, you should just go around healing people. And yet, we know that that's not the case. God gave his own example through his son. How many people did Jesus pass by and not heal? How many people did Jesus pass by and not raise from the dead? So part of the process is learning to live as a spirit being with these abilities. Jesus was the Word made flesh here on this earth. He had all the power and authority that his Father did. He could have remade the world at any time just by speaking. But he was disciplined. He was in control of and understood his purpose, his connection with his Father. I do I only do what I see my father doing. That means he was constantly looking. He was constantly aware, and I don't mean constantly, you know, in prayer, closed eyes, you know, in the corner. like, no, he had a connection with his father. That's where he received his life. That's where he received his direction. And it wasn't because he was, you know, a special. He was in all ways like us, except he was never dead in his soul. He was never separated from his father by sin in his soul. So his soul and his spirit were always connected, and his body and his soul and his spirit were always connected. So he gave an example here on this earth. This is what it looks like when you are spirit, soul, and body one, single, united. So it's not that he was flying around or, you know, had wings or freaked everybody out all the time. Now, he did because he was an example of the Father. That's what made him so different. Yes, he could do miracles. He raised the dead. He did great things, and he turned the world upside down. But what was the lasting effect is he, he gave us, this is what the Father looks like. This is who the Father is. And then he changed us. He paid for our sins. He did his job. Now you're, but we all have the same, you have the same abilities as Jesus Christ. Your soul has the same abilities as the soul of Jesus Christ. Again, going back to the mount, my mountain example, Jesus said, if you say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, it will be cast, removed and cast into the sea. He didn't say, if you pray and ask me. You know, and these were examples he was giving you know, of faith. And we have such a little comprehension of what faith is. We, we substitute that as that's the lock that we don't have the key for. And this is why we, we stay on ourselves because we we have questions that we don't have answers to, so we just sit there. And we we hold on, we occupy, we sit there. We we're afraid of going over the 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 waterfall. We struggle and we fight because we don't understand. And we use Doctrines. We use our beliefs, we use whatever our soul can lay hold of to keep ourselves in that self. To keep from speaking to that mountain and saying, be thou removed and cast into the sea. You may have to speak to whatever mountain God puts in your way a bazillion times before it is finally removed and cast into the sea. But that's how you learn. That's how you learn how your ability works, is by using it. You may have to speak life. And this is where we've talked about whatever it is, set up homework for yourself. If you want to learn how to heal, make a list of people that you know right now who need healing. And start speaking life to them. Don't pray, speak life. If you need healing, wherever it is, just put your hand there and speak life to your body. Speak whatever God puts in your thoughts, in your heart, in your emotions. Speak life and do it until, I hate to say it, use the term, but until it works. Because God is an active God and he wants us to learn how to use our abilities. So that's just that example. Whatever it is you're wanting to learn, miracles, speaking in tongues, gift of wisdom, the ability of knowledge, put yourself in a situation where you need it. So thanks for, for the questions. I always appreciate hearing from you and receiving feedback. It's always helpful and always encouraging. So we will be getting back together again at the same time, next week until then thanks for tuning in this has been diane thomas of rainers radio have a great night